Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, how many of you are having a great start to your new year? Come on, right? New year, 14 days into the new year. And I'm telling you, I love this time of year because it does bring about some hope and some optimism for our lives. In fact, that's really what this series is about. It's a series of hope. Everybody say hope. It's a series of hope. It's a hope that this year can be different. And I believe it with all of my heart that for every single one of you that are sitting in this room today, that 2018 can be different than 2017. How many believe that? Raise your hand all over this room. Now, some of you, you're raising your hand saying, I believe it. Others of you, you're raising your hand, but down in your heart, you're going, I don't really believe it. I don't really think that it can happen. In fact, pastor, I hear you talking about this is a series of hope, but really sounds a whole lot more like hi to me than it does hope, right? Like I feel like I know how it's going to happen. Like every year I know what happens. I go to church and and every year at the beginning of the year, oh, this is going to be the year. And the preacher gets up and says, this is a year you can change your life and it'll be different. You can have a new marriage. Your money can be different. You can get healthy. You can get in shape. You can do all that kind of stuff. And I know how it happens. We all start out so good, but then we get somewhere, maybe the middle of January, early February and all. All that stuff goes right out the window. Pastor, I know what you're talking about, but I wonder sometimes, like, what difference does it really make? Anybody anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, can it really, can this year really be different? And here's what I would tell you here today. This year will not be different for you unless you do something different. In fact, that's kind of the key thought of this whole series. If you're taking notes, you can write it down and we're going to we're going to see it on the screen there today. Here's the key thought for the whole thing is this, is that in order to experience the difference, you have to do something different. In fact, why don't you say it with me on the count of three? One, two, three. In order to experience the difference, you have to do something different different. This year, if you want to see something different in your life, then you're going to have to do something different. If you always do the same thing that you've always done, then here's what's going to happen. You're going to keep getting the same things that you've always got. But this year, if you decide, hey, it may not be perfect. I may mess up sometimes. There may be some times when I don't want to keep going and I want to give up and quit. But this year, I'm going to do something different and I'm going to stick with it till the end. I will promise you today that you will look back at the end of 2018 and your life will be different. And here's what we've been talking about and what we're going to talk about in this series. We we set it up last week by just telling you that, hey, sometimes it may not even be the big stuff that makes the biggest difference. In fact, most of the time, here's the deal, it's going to be the little stuff. Everybody say little stuff. It's going to be the little stuff. That's going to make the biggest difference in your life. And we told you about three things that I think three difference makers that are really going to make all the difference for your life this year. If you will just if you'll just apply them in your life, if you'll just make even some little changes in these three areas that we're going to be talking about in this series, it will make all the difference. In fact, we we set it up last week. We talked about the three things. The first one is the habits that you make. So everybody say habits. The habits that you make. And then we're going to talk about the relationships that 
you build. And we're going to talk about the attitudes that you keep. When it really comes down to it, this year, the difference in your life is going to come to these three difference makers. The habits that you make, the relationships that you build, and the attitudes that you keep. And we're going to break them down, each one, one by one. In fact, today, we're going to jump into this first one, the habits that you make. Now, let me just ask you a question. Survey all over the room here today. How many of you have some, maybe some quirky habits or some daily morning routine stuff that you do every day? Come on, raise your hand all over the room. Maybe it's like you drink your coffee at a certain time from a certain cup in a certain chair. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are laughing because you know some of the habits that you have. I have some of these routines, like some of the things that I do, like every morning I get up and I drink this orange drink. It's called Spark. Now, some of you go, I don't know Spark's the AdvoCare stuff. Well, it started out with the AdvoCare stuff, but then that stuff got too expensive. So we went to HEB and we found some cheap HEB Spark. You know what I'm saying? And I drink this stuff every single morning. And it's a habit. Like, it's a routine. Every day I get up and I make my little Spark thing. And it has to be in this certain cup kind of bottle thing that I have. I don't like it from any other bottle. Like, I'm just as bad as my little two-year-old son. I like my bottle. You know what I'm saying? And so every day I get up, I get my Spark, I drink it in my bottle. Every day, first thing when I wake up, I know this is terrible. It's the worst habit you could ever have. But I do every morning. I pick up my phone and I check my email. Because I can't stand when there's those little flag things on there. You know what I'm saying? Like my wife it says like 472 unopened emails. I'm like, if it's, if there's one in there, I'm opening it, you know? Right. And with God's help, I'm going to change that habit this year. I really am. And then I have some other, some other quirky habits. Like I love to, in the morning, whenever I'm getting ready for work and stuff, I love to listen to sports. And so it depends on what time of year it is. I'll either listen to, to ESPN or the golf channel in the morning. I'm telling you, my routine got really messed up a couple of months ago when Mike and Mike broke up. Man, my heart was broken. Those of you that listen to Mike and Mike in the mornings. And, and, and I do have some, some good habits as well. Like I drink my Shakeology in the morning to get my veggies for the day because that's the only veggies. This boys eating. You know what I'm saying? And we all have that. And here's the deal, right? We are creatures of habit. Isn't it true? Like I have them, you have them, habits in our life. And here's what I know about habits. You ready for this? Your life will be the sum total of your habits. You will become what you repeatedly do. In fact, somebody said it like this. You better make your habits because your habits will make you. And here's what we here's what we know instinctively inside that really most of the time our life comes down to the little stuff that adds up to be the big stuff. And yet I don't think we really get it. In fact, most of us, we think that the big change is going to come in our life when we have some big moment that happens, some big thing that's going to come and change our life. Man, I'm going to win the lottery and suddenly then I'm going to have no more financial problems. Or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get that magic diet pill that I saw on late night infomercial and I'm going to take that pill and in two days I'm going to lose 46 pounds. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go to church. The pastor's going to preach the most amazing sermon, which they are every week. Hallelujah. You didn't have to laugh so hard at that. Okay. And it's just going to all of a sudden pray this prayer that's going to change my life. And here's the deal is I know that God can change your life in an instant. But here's what we have to understand. Most of the time we talked about it last week. It's not the instantaneous stuff that changes our life. It's not the instant. It's the constant. It's not the one big moment that brings the change. It's the little moments that add up to momentum that bring about the change in our life. It's our habits that make us. We better make our habits because our habits will make us. 
So I want to talk about it a little bit today. How do you make some new habits? I know I could talk about how do you break the old habits, but here's what I believe. If you'll make new habits, the old habits, the bad habits will take care of themselves. So I want to talk about three things. If you're taking notes, we're going to talk about three things about making new habits. And then we're going to just, I'm going to get practical and teach you some habits that will really make the difference in your life today. So write this down. Number one, if you want to make some new habits, here's what you got to do. You got to start at the beginning. Everybody say start at the beginning. If you're going to have some new habits this year, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to start. I know that's just over your head. I mean, it's so deep, right? But here's the deal. Here's where most of us are. Like we talk about it. We talk about change all day long. We think about it. Man, maybe we even pray about it. We read about it. Dream about it. Problem is, most of us never actually do it. And the thing is, is that if you're going to have a new habit, it has to start somewhere. But here's the thing is that that becomes overwhelming to us because we think, well, if I do it once, that's not a habit. And if I do it twice, that's not a habit. And if I do it three times or five times or 10 times, that's, that's not a habit. And it's true. In fact, actually research has, has shown that it takes doing something about 66 times before it actually becomes a habit. Now, that sounds kind of overwhelming. I can't do that 66 times, right? And so here's what happens. We know that I have to do something 66 times before it becomes a new habit in my life. And so we just don't ever start to do it the first time. And here's the thing. Before you can do something 66 times, you got to do it once. And you got to do it twice. You got to do it three times. You got to start at the beginning. And it might even be that you just start small. Everybody say start small. If you want to create new habits, you just start out small. In fact, it reminds me of this passage uh, in the Old Testament. The Israelites are getting ready to to build the the temple and things are going really slow. And so they're getting pretty discouraged with how slow it's going. I got to tell you, I can relate, okay? Because we're getting ready to build this new building. And I'm telling you, maybe for you it doesn't seem, but for me, it seems so stinking slow. Like a month ago, they told us we were starting and we're still waiting on the city. Come on, you know what I'm saying? In fact, this, this is a prayer request for you this week. I got an email last week that said this coming week, we should get our builder's permit. Come on, praise the Lord. Right. And we can get started. You can pray that that actually happens this week. And I can relate because here's these guys, man, they're looking at the tent, the tip on, and it's going, I mean, they're building on it, but it's going so slow. They're going by every day to check on it and nothing seems to be happening. And to the point where, I mean, they're discouraged that the progress is moving forward so slowly to the point where even the Bible says that they would sit down and they would cry. But then one day God speaks to King Zerubbabel. By the way, that's a cool name. Name your baby. King Zer- name your baby Zerubbabel. And look what he says in Zechariah 4 and verse 10. He says, do not despise these what? These small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see what? The work begin. Here's the deal, guys. Some of you are looking at how big the change needs to be in your life. And you're going, man, it's so big to create a new habit, to bring about the change. It's overwhelming. And I don't know if I can, if I can do it. And some of you, here's what you need to hear today. You just need to start. And maybe you even just need to start small and build some momentum. And here's the deal. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. Most of the time, the miracle is in the monotonous. Come on, that was good. Somebody could have said amen, something. 
Because here's the, here's the deal. Most of the time when it comes down to it, the miracle you're looking, you're looking for will happen in the everyday monotonous stuff, doing the good things, the right things over and over and over and over again. And if you miss the monotonous, if you don't do the little stuff, you might miss out on the big stuff. I mean, it reminds me of, of Daniel. How many, how many have a thought that comes to your mind when you think of Daniel in the Old Testament? What do you think of? You think of Daniel in the, in the lion's den. Big, awesome, miraculous story of what God does through Daniel. But we don't think about the little monotonous stuff. What did he do? Every day? Every day he got up three times. He opened his window towards Jerusalem and he knelt down and he prayed. And he didn't just do it for a week or for two weeks most scholars think that when Daniel actually went into the lion's den, he was about 80 years old. But most scholars say that he probably began this ritual of praying three times a day when he was 20. You know what that means? That means for 60 years, he did the little monotonous things over and over and over before he actually experienced the big miraculous thing in his life. Man, I think about this with Peter and John when they're going to the temple to pray. We remember the story that there they are and they, they see the man who is crippled and they, they lift him up and he, and he receives his, his strength in his legs, an incredible miracle. But what we don't think about is the fact that they were doing the same thing that they probably did every day since they were just little boys going to the temple, monotonous, just, just the daily routine of doing the thing that they should be doing. And it was weeks and months, even years of doing the right thing over and over before they saw God do the big thing in their life. Some of you are here today, and man, you're looking at your life and you're going, man, I need God to do a big miracle in my life. And that's true. Maybe so, but maybe you just got to start small. Maybe you just got to get up in the morning and go out. I don't feel like working, but working out, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to go out and I'm going to stand on the treadmill and I'm going to turn it on. And while I'm standing here and it's turned on, I might as well get on it. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to decide, man, I want my marriage to be different. And I need a big miracle in my marriage. And maybe I just need to start by just talking to my wife, praying with her. Maybe making it a routine that every week we're going to have a date night together. Maybe you're saying, looking at your kids that are rebelling. And you're saying, I just, man, we need a huge thing. And maybe the big change would come with just a little thing. Like, I'm going to get them in church every Sunday. I'm going to do the little things that turn out to be the big things. I'm going to start at the beginning. So everybody say, start at the beginning. Number two, write this one down. I'm not just going to start at the beginning. Here's what I got to do if I'm going to if I'm going to create some new habits. I'm going to have to stay focused on the ending. See, I got to start small, but I also got to see where I'm trying to go. And the problem for many of us, our life is not where we want it to be. And when it comes down to it, it's not necessarily a question of desire. You know what it is? It's a question of discipline. We know where we want to go. We want to go there. Problem is, we don't have the discipline to daily do the little things, the little steps that will get us there. In fact, write this down if you're taking notes. The best definition I've ever heard of discipline. Discipline is this, choosing what you want most over what you want now. That's what discipline is. Discipline is saying, I know where I want to be and where I want to go most. And so even in the moment when I don't feel it, I'm going to choose the thing that I want most over the thing that I'm really wanting in the moment. And many of us, this is what trips us up is, man, yeah, I want to be in shape and I want to look better and feel better this year. But that cheeseburger is staring me in the face, right? And we got the thing that we want, but then we have the thing that we want right now. And we can't seem to get the discipline to do it. In fact, it reminds me of this story in the Old Testament of these two brothers, Jacob and Esau. 
Jacob and Esau was different as, as night and day. Esau was a manly man. Come on, do I have any manly men in the house? Give me a man grunt. You know, here's Esau, man. He's like, he's out in the field and he's hunting and he's fishing and he's bringing home the bacon. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a, he's a manly man. And here he is, he's been outside and he'd been hunting. He'd been bringing it home. And, and he comes home after a couple of days of hunting trip. And here's his brother. And his brother, Jacob, is a little different than Esau. Best way I can describe it, I'm not trying to fit anybody. But but basically, Jacob was what you might call a mama's boy, okay? Like, just read the Bible. You'll see what I'm talking about. Here's Jacob. Here's Esau. He's a manly man. He's bringing home, the, bringing home what, he, what he brought home from the woods. He hunted. And here's Jacob. He's there, and he's, you know, he's probably watching HGTV and cooking shows, you know? I mean, here he is. He's, he's kind of guy probably likes Panera bread and stone soup and stuff like that, right? And here he is, man. He's, he's, he's Martha Stewart and around the kitchen. And here comes, here comes the Esau. And he's like, man, I'm starving. I'm so hungry right now. I'm about to die. Jacob goes, hey, I got a little stew right here. I just whipped up real quick. Do you smell it? And Esau goes, give me some of that stew. And Jacob says, give me your birthright. Now, if you don't know what the birthright is, it was like basically like the inheritance. It was, it was the blessing. He was the oldest. And so he received, he would receive the blessing And in the dumbest trade of all times, Esau says, I'd rather have that bowl of soup than my inheritance when my father dies. How stupid is that? And yet, how many of us do the exact same thing? Like the reason we don't see change in our life is because we have in, man, in that moment that we feel all so inspired that I'm going to bring about the change, man, we get inspired to set the goals and try the new stuff. But then in that moment of hunger, and then in that moment of weakness, we trade away the thing that we want most for the thing that was really most important in the moment. And I think about that, like, what do you want? Like, think about what do you want most for this year? In your life, some of you say, man, what I want most is I want, I want the kind of marriage that God wants us to have. All right, if that's what you want most, are you willing, are you willing to, to give up the things that are keeping you from having that kind of marriage? Man, what I really want most is I want, man, I want my finances to be, I want to get out of debt and be able to honor God with our finances. Okay, if that's what you want most, are you willing to do the little things that will get you there? On and on and on. I could go, you see, you got to stay focused on what you want most so that you can be disciplined in the moment. How do you create habits? You got to start at the beginning. You got to stay focused on the ending. Number three, write this one down. You don't quit in the middle. See, here's the thing for most of us. Like we start, that's why we do every year. We start off the habits. We start off the, start off the resolution. Some of you already started your resolution and we're on day 14 and you already quit. Right? Like, I'll just, be, I'll just be real transparent. I started, I started doing this low-carb diet, and you know what? I did it for seven days, and I'm done. Because <laughs> you know what happens? Like, it gets hard, right? And it's in the middle when we, when we are tempted to quit. It's, it's in the t- tough times that many of us, the tough don't get going. The tough just get tired. You know what I'm saying? And we go, man... Like I wanted that, but then it's it's so hard, and I see my you know I see my friends they're eating ice cream, and I'm sucking on a Tic Tac and drinking water, you know, and this is hard. I'm looking at Instagram, and my friends are all on their Caribbean vacation, and then, and here I am, I'm at Lake Alvarado for my vacation, you know, because I mean we're saving money, my friends are out having fun, and I'm doing homework because I went back to school. You know what I'm talking about? 
And it's in those moments, man, we wanted it so bad, but when the times get tough, we get tired and we get weary and we get weak. And it's in the, it's in the middle when we're tempted to quit. In fact, it reminds me of my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible, Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we, what? If we do not give. Up. And there are some of you that are here today, man, you want to see your life be different in 2018 than it was in 2017. And I'm telling you, I'm giving you hope. It can be different, but not if you don't do anything different. Not if you give up in the middle. Not if you quit when things get hard. Not if you get tired and if you get weary and you get worn out and you give up on the dream. You give up on the focus. You give up on the goal. You've got to keep fighting. In fact, I love what, I love what the, the famous boxer and, and championship, uh, championship boxer gentleman Jim Corbett said, he says, fight one more round. When your arms are so tired that you can hardly lift your hands to come on guard, fight one more round. When your nose is bleeding and your eyes are black and you're so tired that you wish your opponent would crack you on the jaw and just put you to sleep, fight one more round, remembering that the man who fights one more round is never whipped. And I would challenge you and encourage you today, some of you, that's you. You just need to fight one more round. And you need to start at the beginning. You need to stay focused on the ending. And don't quit in the middle. Some of you say, well, that's, that's cool, Pastor, but like, Practically, what are the habits that are really going to make the difference in my life? And I want to just help you. Just get real practical for a minute. We're going to shift directions and, and just help you. I'll tell you five things this year that will make the biggest difference if you'll make them habits in your life. Write them down. i got seven minutes to give you five things. You think I can do it? Let's do it. Number one, here's what you're going to do. You're going to focus yearly. Everybody say Focus. Here's a habit, I'll tell you, a habit in my life that has made the biggest difference for me. been doing it for about three or four years now, and that is this. At the end of one year and towards the beginning of the next year, I begin to pray and ask God, God, what is the focus for my life, for our church, for our family, for whatever area of my life? What is the focus that you have for us for this year? And I pray, and I ask God to just bring it down to one word, because here's the thing is I can't remember like 50 words, right? But I can remember one. And I just ask God, God, give me one word for our church. Give me one word personally. Give me one word for our family. One word that will be the focus for the year. And we've been doing this as a church for the last, for the last several years. Last year, our word was build. And can I tell you, if that wasn't the word at the beginning of last year, we wouldn't be breaking ground. And in the next couple of weeks, seeing the, seeing the tractors and the bulldozers and stuff come out here to build a new auditorium, if we didn't have that one word at the beginning of last year, that focused us through the whole year, Right? And here's the deal. We have a word for this year. How many are ready to hear what the word is for 2018 for LifeGate? Like two of you. I don't think I'm going to tell you because you're not excited. I'll tell you. You ready? The word for this year is family. I believe that God wants to grow families. He wants to grow us as a family in our relationship with one another. He wants to use us to reach uh, orphans in our, in our community. And, in, and I'm going to tell you more. I'm so excited. I'm going to tell you more about it in the series right after this one called Family Goals. And you're not going to want to miss that. But here's the deal that I want you to get today is that we don't just need a word for our church. Or your pastor doesn't just need a word for his life. Guess what? You need a word for your life. In fact, I would challenge you to do this. You say, well, it's, it's too late. It's January 14th. It's not too late. 
that you would go home today and you would pray and you would say, God, what is the focus? What is the word that would focus our family or our life or my business or whatever area it is? Give me one word to focus me for this year and stay focused on it throughout the year. I'm telling you, that habit will change your life if you focus yearly. Number two, write this one down. Habits that make a difference. If you will serve monthly. Everybody say serve. If you will make it a habit this year that you're going to find a place at least once a month to serve. Here's what I know. I'm telling you this year, if you, if you focus all of your attention on yourself, you might actually fulfill some goals. You might get to the end of the year and you might have seen some change in your life, but there won't be any fulfillment inside of you. Because if you make it all about you, it don't matter how many goals and how many things you achieve in your life, it will never be enough to fulfill you. But if you this year will decide it ain't just going to be about me, it's going to be about others. It's going to be how I can serve others and how I can bless others and what I can do for God's kingdom and for the others around me, for the family that God has put around me. I'm telling you, you will achieve things for you, but you will achieve things that will far out, far go beyond you. And there will be a fulfillment inside of you like you never had. If you would decide, in fact, the scripture says it like this in Proverbs. It says, he who blesses others is himself abundantly blessed. And those who help others will be helped. Here's what I tell you to do this year. Make it a habit. Say, I'm going to find somewhere that at least once a month. I'm going to serve. And we got plenty of opportunities for you, man. I'm going to get on the parking team. Guess what? When we start the new building, we're going to need some help out there on the parking team as we lose part of our parking lot during that process. And we're going to need you get out there and you help there. Maybe somebody would say, hey, once a month, the outreach team goes out and serves the homeless. I'm going to get on that team or I'm going to serve in Life Kids or I'm going to be on the media team or a greeter or an usher in some way. One time a month, at least, I'm going to find somewhere where I can serve and I can bless others. Some of you say, I don't even know where I'm supposed to serve, what I'm supposed to do. We can help you. We have a class that meets every week during the, during the 1150 service called Life Track, where you go in there and we will help you find your gifts, your talents, your abilities, so you can find somewhere to serve. Habits that will change your life this year is if you will, every year, you will focus yearly. If you will serve monthly, number three, write this one down. If you will worship weekly. If you will make it a habit this year, to be in God's house, worshiping with your church family every week. See, some people come to church and they go, well, I went to church and it was, it was good and everything, but it didn't change my life. And here's the deal. One time going to church ain't going to change your life. You know how when the change comes? When it becomes a habit. It's not a one Sunday thing. And let me just tell you this. It's not a once a month Sunday thing either. If you would make it a habit that every week, 52 weeks a year, we're going to be in the house of God. At the end of the year, I will promise you this, your life will be different. In fact, last year I gave you a challenge. I said, hey, would you take the challenge and say, this year, there's 52 Sundays. I even gave you a little, a little grace. I said, would you just commit to be in God's house 45 of the 52 Sundays? I gave you seven weeks grace, the number of perfection, seven, God's number, right? If you would make that habit, and you know, some of you did. And you know what your life, you could stand up here and say, my life's different because of it. Others of you, you made that commitment, but you got tired in the middle and you gave up and you quit. And I would challenge you again. It'll make the difference. If you will focus yearly, if you will serve monthly, if you will worship weekly. Number four, write this one down. If you will connect with God daily. Everybody say daily. If you make this habit this year that every day you're going to connect with God. Oh, pastor, I don't know how to do it. I can't pray for an hour. You don't have to pray for an hour. 
Just pray for five minutes. Read your Bible for five. If you would make, if you would take 10 or 15 minutes of your day every single day and read the word and pray and connect with God. If you did that for 365 days, I'm telling you at the end of this year, your life will look completely different. And it isn't even that hard. I don't know how to do it, Pastor. Well, guess what? In Life Track, step one, we teach you how to pray, how to read your Bible. Get in Life Track. Man, you say, I don't have time to do Life Track. Guess what? Every one of us have the Bible right here on our phone. Download the YouVersion Bible app. There are devotionals there. There are plans there that help you keep you on track. Most of the time, when, we, when we're sitting there waiting on our pick up our kids from school, what are we doing? We're looking at Facebook and, and, and Instagram and whatever else, checking email and all that kind of stuff. What if you decided, hey, for this 10 minutes that I'm sitting here waiting on my kid to come out, I'm going to open up my Bible and read it. I'm going to do that every single day. Just imagine the change that would happen. We've tried to provide, with, provide you with tools. In fact, out there today at the Welcome Center, there are your soap guides for this year, pick or for this month. Pick one of those up and do it and do it every day. I'm telling you, it will make a difference. Habits that make a difference in your life if you will focus yearly, if you will serve monthly, if you will worship weekly, if you will connect with God daily. Number five, check this one out. If you will stretch regularly. Here's the thing about habits is once you get into a habit, after a while, it becomes a routine. And after a while, a routine becomes a rut. Isn't that true? And here's where some of us are. You go, man, I am. I serve every month and I got my word for the year and I'm reading my Bible, but I'm not growing and I'm not doing anything. And I'll tell you, many of you, that's where you're at. And you know what you need to do? You need to stretch yourself. You need to stretch your faith. You need to do some things that would stretch you in a way that gets you out of your comfort zone. In fact, this is the way it works in exercise. If you start exercising, you do exercise for a while and you do the same one. At first, you're sore and you're tired and it's, man, your body's changing and things are happening. But after a while, that exercise, you know what happens? Your body gets used to that and you can do it without really thinking and without, saying, without feeling sore. And nothing is changing. And so you know what they tell you to do? Mix it up. They call it muscle confusion. That you do some different stuff and it changes. And here's the deal. Some of us need some spiritual muscle confusion. Some of you have been in the same routine, in the same rut for so long that you're no longer growing. And you need to step out of that routine and begin to do some things that stretch you. Maybe you need to go on a missions trip. Maybe you need to walk across the street and invite a neighbor to church. Maybe you need to, maybe you need to give beyond what you've given before. You need to do some things that stretch you. In fact, we did stories just this last fall. Some of you made those stories commitments. And I'm telling you, the reason we did that is because it's stretches us and it grows our faith when we get outside of our comfort zone. I'm telling you this year, the difference of your life will come down to this, the things that you did different, the habits that you made. And I'll leave you with this one last statement. One year from today, you will wish that you started today. 